Welcome to The Grounded Catholic, the podcast of Catholic Who's at the University of Virginia. I am Father Joseph Anthony Kress, and I'm joined as always by Corinne Riley on this episode. We have a, a wonderful discussion today where we're talking about kind of the frustrations and the weariness that we're experiencing as we go through uh, the continued complications of the COVID-19 pandemic. But also um, we discuss how we as Christians can go through experiences like this with a, a, an abundance of hope. And so that's the focus of our episode today is focusing on the virtue of hope. What does that look for as Christians and um, what do we gain from that? How do we live as men and women of hope? Because we know and we're very confident that hope does not disappoint. So we hope that you enjoy this episode and uh, have fun. Um. Okay, Father, welcome back to the podcast. Yes, welcome back. This is your host. <laughs> uh, not the host. We are co-hosts. Okay. <laughs> oh, but I'm usually the one that keeps things on track. And, so I, and I keep things funny. You derail. Um, not always. I got jokes sometimes. Anyways, <laughs> happy feast day. Yeah, happy feast day. It's a big one for us. It is. What? It's a it's a big feast day. It's a very Dominican feast day. Okay, not so. like you and I, like yeah, no, no, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Dominicans. I was like, Sorry. Yeah. oh, oh, uh, I think I probably forgot something. Then no, no, I'm talking about uh, feast day with uh, imp- has a major importance for the Dominican order. So the feast day we're talking about today is the Our feast- Lady of the Rosary. <laughs> <laughs> That was not planned. <laughs> We're, We're oh, awesome. I need to give you coffee more often. Um, <laughs> no, it's a feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. And it's a beautiful feast because, uh, you know, the tradition has it that the Blessed Virgin Mary gave St. Dominic the Rosary to be a weapon uh, to defend the truth. I love that. Who just happens to be her son, Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, a weapon against heresy, right? To protect mm-hmm. the truth and against the heresy. And as a response to that, we as Dominicans always carry the rosary as a part of our habit. And it's a really touching moment when you receive the holy habit of St. Dominic for the first time, and part of that is the rosary that is given to you. And we wear that rosary on our left hip. Uh, like a sword. Yep. That's our choice weapon. So Ooh. a soldier would wear his choice weapon, his sword, on his left hip because he would reach across his body, take it out of the sheath, and go to battle. So we do the same. Uh, that's our sword. That's our weapon. What if the you're rosary. left-handed? Then you would die on the battlefield. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Guess who's left-handed? You. Me. Mm-hmm. Sinister. I would just you be alive. What? That's left in Latin. Sinistra. Cool. Anyway, cool. Um, so it's a big, big feast day for us. Um, well, it's also known as the Feast of Our Lady of Victory. I love that title for today. Do you want to give us a short 90-second history lesson? Yeah, so my first or like my first uh, introduction to devotion to Our Lady is through Our Lady of the uh, Our Lady of Victory, because I was um, my favorite movie growing up was Rudy, and at the end of the prayer <laughs> in the locker room, 
uh, for Notre Dame football games, the priest always would end the prayer with Our Lady of Victory, pray for us. And I was like, okay, absolutely. I'll pray to the same uh, lady, you know? So that I started praying to Our Lady of Victory. That was like where my devotion to Our Lady started hmm. in a real sense. Uh, and then come to find out that it she grabs that title from the Battle of Lepanto. Um, in the Battle of Lepanto, where that there were um, Muslim invaders getting ready to invade Europe through Spain, and and there was the Spanish Armada who was getting ready to defend uh, in this battle in Lepanto, and the Holy Father Saint Pius V, he wasn't a saint at the time, so Pope Pius V, uh, encouraged all the sailors that were going to engage in this battle to defend uh, their homeland, to defend Europe against the invaders he encouraged them all to pray the rosary and ask for our lady's intercession and protection for this battle. And then he encouraged them all to actually carry the rosary with them in this fight. And, um, against all odds, they, they defended Europe and they pushed back the uh, invaders. Isn't who was the emperor at this time? I don't remember. Was it, was it Constantine? I, I should know, but I don't. Because I, I, I was make under it up, the impression. No, you should not do that. You yeah. would get roasted. <laughs> roasted. Um, but anyway, so this was the the victory of of the, Our Lady's intercession um, in defending her children. The exciting thing about that, and this is where the big Dominican connection comes into play, is that Pope Pius V, future Saint Pius V, was a Dominican friar. And so like, it doesn't, like when you look at it, it's like, oh yeah, of course he would encourage people to pray the rosary. That's so cool. And so this has just a beautiful, beautiful place within our uh, life as Dominican friars and within our history because uh, it means so much. Um, and it, it's it's a lot of the... Um, the kind of overflowing of our charism into other aspects of the world and the church. So you just found the info that you were looking for. So I go did. For it. I did. It was Philip the second of Spain. He, he was pretty great. He did some really awesome things. He was labeled the most Catholic King. That's tell that cool. to King Louis of France. I know he's <laughs> St. <mean> Louis. <laughs> I know. Who? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bow. Well, I, you know, when we were talking about what what we wanted to discuss today, mm-hmm. um, obviously we're kind of riding on the heels of another announcement from the university um, <clears throat> that all these restrictions that were put in place for two weeks, um, which really seemed to kind of limit people's ability to to engage with one another. Yeah. I mean, it really was like a, a felt like more of a lockdown and it really really was so we're just coming off of that and i (laughs) hearing that news i felt very defeated um and i i don't think i'm alone in that i think kind of talking with different students i think that's just kind of it pervades the air like we're just we're weary we're exhausted and i think we're feeling a little defeated yeah and we only have what six five six weeks left i think we're like six seven (laughs) weeks until okay. uh, Thanksgiving break. Right. But there's a, like, our student body has been very good 
of like, okay, this is what's being asked of us. Absolutely. Like, we'll, okay, f- 15 people or less, <laughs> great. Um, we'll meet outside, we'll wear masks. And like, everybody's been like, okay, okay, okay. Like, this is what's being asked of us. We're, we're going we're gonna to do it. And they do it well. I've been very, yeah, very impressed. Very impressed with yeah. the obedience of the students and their willingness to sacrifice for mm-hmm. one another. And then after doing everything that's asked of them, more is asked. Exactly. Right? It's like, no, you got to tighten down even more. Yeah. 15 is too much. And we got to go down to five. And right? in those moments when we're craving more, yeah. like a little bit of a respite, it's getting more intense. And, and yeah. And uh, like some of our athletes, um, they were like, yeah, we, we, we got back in the summer. We locked down. We were in our bubble all summer. And we were practicing and we, we followed every restriction, every guideline. And then it got to the point that like they were they were getting ready for their first game of the season, but then that the season got, you know, schedule got changed. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about uh, some of our football players here. And then they had scheduled against VMI, but then VMI canceled their season. And then they had another uh, game that got canceled. Then they were getting ready to play Tech. And then 48 hours, not even 48 hours before the game, that game got canceled. And they're like, we've done everything you've asked us to. Yeah. And yet we still, you know, and so I think there's that weariness. And like you said, I think it's a really good way to put it is like just kind of feel defeated. Yeah. Like we're doing everything right that we should be. And yet we're still getting defeated. Yeah. And I've, I've kind of been reflecting where because I I think one of those things in feeling defeated um something that feels attacked is my ability to hope Mm. um and my Mm -hmm, ability mm -hmm. to trust that what is going on is good um or is you know that there will be good coming from it and I I think today the feast of Our Lady of the Rosary Our Lady of Victory I've just kind of been thinking, like, where, where is my victory? What kind of victory am I to hope for? Um, yeah. Is it going to be like an outward, <laughs> like, display of, um, of like strength and power and overcoming all of you know the things that are kind of oppress- more oppressive in my life, um, or is it something? deeper is it something different and you and I father we've had some conversations about this I've had a lot of these conversations um with friends with um family and yeah I think I think we have a lot to say on (laughs) hope on victory I yeah I think I have um I don't know I have I have this affinity for the virtue of hope the the theological virtue of hope because i think it's probably the one i struggle with most Hmm. and so like you see it and you have this like kind of attraction to it because you're like yeah that is not natural to me yeah you know like that's not easy for me i'm kind of a pessimist at heart you're not kind of okay you are all right there it is yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like to describe myself as a realist which I think, like my personality type and tendency towards melancholy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also means like, yeah, my relationship with hope is a more tenuous one, and I have been through a lot to understand what exactly the heck this thing is. Well, I, there's this. There's so much confusion about like when 
I think when we see the word hope used or that virtue referred to in Christianity, yeah. I think there's so much confusion about like what um, what is typically used in a very kind of pedestrian way, but like that's what's what is different than what the theological virtue is. And right. Like I think there's that understanding that hope. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from uh, Gergou Lagrange is that. Uh, the theological virtue of hope is not Christianity's version of optimism. Which I, that, I wish I had heard that so much earlier in my life because that blows my mind. Like that Mm -hmm. goes against everything that I thought hope was, that it was somehow believing that God was going to make everything okay. And like that there's always a silver lining that like you just aren't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I put my phone next to the soundboard and it just went ham on us. Anyway, yeah. Go for it. Um, but like hope was somehow just always being able to look at a situation and be like, God's got this. Like it's all going to be okay. And I I feel like that's, that's a weak answer because mm-hmm, there's so mm-hmm. many things. I look at the world and I look at all of these situations that aren't okay. And I think like, well, is God somehow not present in that? Like my faith tells me, faith says that God made me, that God right. created me, like all of these truths about who God is. And then you look at the like the real lived experience of the world and you think like, I don't know if that squares with it. Like, how am I supposed to make sense of that? And like, does that mean that, you know, you can somehow just like totally mess up God's plan to where like he, like you can't hope for anything good. You know, like things can just go so wrong that God can't fix it and God can't make. But that just like flies in the face of a a realist like yourself. Oh, yeah. Right. It is just like double birds to the sky in front (laughs) of a realist. It's like because it just seems such a cop out. It's like, yeah. Are you are you looking at the same reality I am? Exactly. Well, I just I have hope and it's fine. Everything's fine. You're like, no, everything's not fine. You're sitting in the restaurant and everything's burning around you. Yeah. You know? Like, don't try and I, I feel like that seems like a cop out to just. Yeah. That you're neglecting boom. the, the reality of pain and suffering mm-hmm. and you're neglecting, like I remember, and, and this is me getting on, um, oh, a little bit oh, of a gosh. tangent. Here we go. Here no, no, we no, no, go. No, no. But Buckle I, up. I have, I have such a deep, um, love and like affinity respect for um single people Mm -hmm. and i i remember like you know you grow up and you hear about all the vocations and i mean we've we've done a lot talking about vocation already so i don't need to go totally into that but you know we have these desires on our hearts um and ways that we want like that we expect our life to look And I remember just hearing from so many people, like the way that they would comfort me as I'm like wrestling with like, am I called to be a sister? Am I called to be, you know, just like, Mm -hmm. and if Mm -hmm. I am called to be married, like, where are they at? Like, where are the boys at? You can't accomplish that by yourself. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, And, and just, I, I got so weary of hearing like, it's, it's going to be okay. Like God, like God has a plan. He's going to put like this perfect like situation together for you. And like that there was that like my, my life, like my suffering, like once 
once all of these situations like found their way into my life, you know, once I started dating, once I, all these things that like, it was all going to be okay. Like God was taking care of it. And like, that was the basis of my, like people telling me the basis of my hope should be. And I, I felt, (laughs) I felt like I was so frustrated in hearing that and being like, I don't think that you can promise me that. I don't think that God promised me that. Like, I don't like, sure. I have these desires, but I don't, I feel like you're neglecting what is actually happening in the reality of like, I'm hurting right now. Don't just Mm -hmm, tell me mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. Like acknowledge that there is some loss and there could potentially be a like perpetuation of this loss for, until I die. Yeah. And, um, and so like, I, I mean, I'm in a relationship now and I feel like my ability to like appreciate what God has given me is that it is totally a gift. It's nothing that I was ever owed. Right. And there's usually this like expectation of like, God owes me the desires of my heart. Uh, Yes. And like our hope is rooted in our desires and hoping that our desires are going to come into fulfillment and also kind of the way that we expect them to and if there's any deviation from that plan sure you know yeah it it gets messy and like our hope rests in our ability to see our desires carried out and that that is what will attain happiness for us Mm -hmm. and first of all i just want to point out like i love the fact that theological virtues are nothing that we do. Right. They're always gift. They're always gift. Mm -hmm. They're always coming from God. Like there's nothing that I can do. And that was a comfort for me as more of like a realist and a melancholic. (laughs) Like I can't force myself to be that kind of person that's always seeing like the happy, positive side of things. There's like, as you're describing this, like I remember I, um, I gave some conferences on hope and one of the like definitions that I looked up, and I think this is like a very common definition is that like hope is a feeling that our desires and expectations of a certain thing will happen. Right. Right. And when you break that down, like it's hope in a thing Mm-hmm. It's it's hope in a result. Yes, that yeah. it has to happen. Like I'm holding to, like I'm keeping my ish together right now, even though I'm hurting. Right. I want to keep it all together because I want this thing to happen. Right. And the reality is, like that's hope in things. Right. Which and is not what the Christianity presents. Right. And I had all these people and, and not, not even just like vocation wise, but so many different situations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was always a hope, like an explanation of like hope is you should be able to hope and believe that everything is going to be okay. And I look at the world around me and I think things are not okay. I look today and I see the world and I, I don't think that there's any way that I can spin it to be like, yeah, things are okay. Everything is going to be okay. But how does that square with like who God is and what hope actually is? Yeah. And like the more I like delved into it, the more I came to this understanding of like, maybe me holding on to my desires is not like, this doesn't feel healthy. This just feels like constant disappointment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Ooh, but that that's a key line right there. Hmm. 
because we get that from scriptures too. I think it's Romans where it's like hope does not disappoint. Right. And so like <laughs> this is like our experience of hope. Yeah. Is totally disappointment. Ooh. Ooh. Father. So like we know something's wrong here. Yeah. That if I'm like, I got to keep it together. I have to hope. I have to hope because I have to like, it, it doesn't disappoint. Scripture says this doesn't disappoint. I shouldn't be disappointed. I shouldn't be then. disappointed right now. It's like, well, maybe you're hoping in the wrong way. Exactly. Maybe you're hoping in a thing. Yes. That things actually do disappoint. Exactly. And so hope, how I've come to understand it, which is actually like, I wish somebody had just straight up told this to me. So here I am. I'm where, gonna, here we I'm are. This straight is what we're going to do. Oh, man. But uh, uh, wait. <laughs> I want to jump in, but I know you got Can, can uh, I ooh. give the definition or do you want to well, say? I want to, I want to, before you give the definition okay. of hope, I want to do <laughs> a title? little fine tuning. Of okay. like what we're talking about, because we are talking about a theological virtue, yeah, which is a little different than what we experience in like the cardinal virtues, acquired virtues, moral sure. virtues, right? Um, and those virtues, well, virtue is a stable disposition towards the good. Yes. Right. So like a habit. Right. You form habits to uh-huh. where it is more of a natural inclination yep. to desire and mm-hmm. then live out, will that good, right. than just... there's a facility to with it there's a promptness towards the good right that that is drawn out of a virtue right um those are mostly what we understand with um acquired moral virtues yeah all of that stuff because we say that virtue stands in the middle of two extremes you can be deficient and you can go to excess excess yeah right so that's courage you know deficiency of courage is being a coward Uh and excess of courage is being foolhardy yeah, right. So the rash. virtues in the yeah. middle, right? Sure. When we talk about theological virtues, they're not necessarily acquired no. by our own repetition, by basically our own strength. Right. It's a gift. Yeah. Given. So the theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, are given to us by God as gifts. Right. Okay. Oh, oh gosh, I wish we should probably just do a whole theological virtue thing. That'd but, be great. Uh, Aquinas is really clear. The reason God gives us the theological virtues as gifts is to help us struggle well in the Christian life. Whoa. Okay, hold hold yeah, up. Yeah. Let's just can we just like package that up and set it aside because we could go down a huge rabbit hole with yes. that. That's why I don't want I just want to throw that out there. Okay. We'll get to that later episodes, but like that's the purpose of the gift. Okay. Okay. Now, this is really one of my favorite things about the theological virtues is that we can be deficient in them. We can, ha- we can lack faith, we can lack hope, we can lack charity, but we actually cannot go to excess hmm. because we can always ask for more because the giver who gives it himself is infinite. Hmm. And cool. so if we're struggling with these things, we continually ask for more, hmm. right? Um, and so that, that being said, like I want to be able to paint that framework because this is what we're talking about when we say the virtue of hope. Yeah. The theological virtue and to give us that better understanding so that we don't that we have some distinctions and we're not confusing it with other things. Well, I I think it's it's really important to point out because these are direct gifts from God, they mm-hmm. are not natural. Yes. I think that yes. well and and I think, you know, we look at the um the pagan philosophers, mm-hmm. the ancient philosophers. Aristotel. <laughs> yes. Um, Aristotle. Socrates. <laughs> so, Socrates. Um, that they could define 
and they could go into the natural moral virtues Mm -hmm. because those are something that are they're more innate in us that we can arrive at them via reason that they are something that is um like we we have a disposition towards them already we Mm -hmm. can understand and reason like these are good things these are good habits like the the perfection of the human being naturally will tend towards living out those virtues justice prudence temperance fortitude you know like all of those and don't say it temperance 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 justice temperance okay um but the theological virtues are not natural no they're supernatural Um, they're supernatural but it means that like we cannot arrive at hope on our own Mm -hmm. we cannot like there's something that is very almost like against our natural reasoning and inclination to say but but well we got to get to like what it is what it is um but but the theological virtues don't do violence to the human person. Well, of course not. Faith right? and reason are not incompatible, but there are things that we can okay. arrive at via faith that are not contradicting to mm. reason, but you cannot arrive at them right. purely through reason. Which then, we're going to drop this about faith real quick and then move on. What? But faith, hope, and charity all put us in a relationship to God in unique ways. Yes. Right? Faith, the content of faith is how God has revealed himself. Uh-huh. Right? That's that's the subject. Revelation. That's, that's the matter, right? Christ or God as revealed. Yes. That is what the virtue of faith, that's the matter of that. Now let's jump over to hope now because that's what we're focusing on. Hope, hope is... <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so intense. Um, hope is the belief and the trust that God will be faithful to his promises. Mm-hmm. It's it's rooted in God's fidelity to yes. his promises, not our belief that we will, that God will give us the fulfillment of our desires, mm-hmm. at least in the ways that we expect. He is the fulfillment of our devir- desires, <sighs> not those things. Yes. So God will always, like we think of the covenants that he established mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we are still living within that covenant with him. We're in the new covenant. And what is it that he promises us? He promises, like we think of the Great Commission, the very end of that, he's never going to leave us. He's never going to depart. Yeah. So God is always going to remain with us, that he always is going to love us, that he always has our best interest at heart. Like the content of like hope is based off of the content of faith. Yes. It's the belief that God it will stand true to those things. And I think of all the times that I based my quotation marks hope in certain things. Like, of course I was going to be disappointed. And, but you were, you were basing your hope in results yeah, and not in the promises of God. Well, and, and I, I, I do think that hope is based off of those results. Like the result that God has good things in store for us. But those results are coming from our finite desires yes. and not the infinite promises of God. Right. So our our hope has to be in who God says he is. Yes. Not who Boom. we want to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I look at the world then and I see all of these things that are broken and not okay. Mm-hmm. And does that mean that like hope now has some sort of like Achilles heel, you know, like right. that because these things are happening, maybe God isn't who he says he is. But that's the thing. Like 
he is so present in that. And like you look at the cross and like you look at what he promised us and what he invites us to. He invites us into a life with himself. Mm. He invites us into relationship Mm -hmm. and he promises that he's always going to be with us and united to us. And how does he unite himself to us? He unites himself to us through the cross. He promises those good things. He promises us redemption and salvation. But how does he do that? What is the means to that? Mm -hmm. It's suffering. It's the cross. Like, he never actually promises the removal of suffering, That's it. of pain, of yep. discomfort. He actually says like, no, those things I'm going to use to bring about greater good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use those as a means to your unification with me. I mean, we, we experience so much of our life that we think are barriers or obstacles. Yes. Like we, we run, 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 run. And it's like we run into a brick wall. It's like, boom. Oh man, if I could only overcome this and then leave this behind as if it never happened, then I can get farther down that road. Right. Right. What the Lord does is he shows us that really nothing that we naturally believe are barriers are actually barriers to him. Well, read like, the great divorce. That <gasps> have I mentioned oh, that in this no, podcast? No, yet? no, no. Okay. Earth shattering. So love everybody, stop what you're doing. Love, love, love. I want you to go on Amazon and buy The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. It is in my top five favorite books. For good reason. For good reason. Um, I'm not going to go into too much um, depth with it, but there's this one section um, where these, so it's it's kind of like a, a modern retelling of um, the divine comedy. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like a modern interpretation of, of man's experience of hell, purgatory, and heaven. And so this this group of people, they just came from, essentially hell and they're standing on the outskirts of heaven and like their means to getting through there is going to be their, their purgation, their purgatory because it's not comfortable. Actually, it's like very difficult and there are people that are coming from heaven to assist them in continuing to go deeper and to not give up and to like push through to get through the mountains Hmm. um, where you are seeing like this glorious sunrise and it's, it's so beautiful. But each of these persons has their own like struggles, has their own foibles, has their own, um, you know, peculiarities, things that they need to let go of in order for them to keep going. And this one man, he has this little lizard on his shoulder <laughs> and it's whispering to him and it's communicating for him. And it, it, you can just kind of see very clearly that it represents like some sort of unhealthy attachment addiction. You know, those things in our life that control us and speak for us that like oh. can keep us from being free. And there is this angel that's standing there and he's like, Hey, I can kill it if you want. Right. And it's t- that's terrifying to him. He hates it. He hates it. He hates that creature, but he cannot he get imagine, rid of it. He can't imagine without it. He, at one point he says, if you kill it, I will die. Yeah. And I remember the angels like that may be so, but I, do you want it dead at one? And finally, by the end of it, he just says like, take it, kill it. And the angel grabs it and crushes it and throws it down. And the man just like collapses and almost looks like he just disappears into nothingness. Mm -hmm. And then you see him slowly like become more and more solid, become stronger. Like he just starts emanating light. And you think like, that's great. He just crushed the head of this like serpent. And yet that little lizard also becomes transformed and it grows into a mighty steed, a horse that the man then gets on and rides into heaven. 
Like our struggles become our means of sanctification and salvation when we surrender them to God. Like when I gave up that desire of like, wait a second, maybe my greatest good is not to like find like the fulfillment of this desire that I have. Maybe my greatest good isn't to be married. Maybe God never promised me, like I seem to think, like God never promised me a spouse. God never promised me, like that was not one of his promises to me. Who, like what has he promised? He promised that he would always be with me. So like surrendering that to him, it was, it was like this realization of like, okay, that external circumstance may not be okay. And I look at today, like what's happening in the world, things are not okay. But does that mean that I am not okay? No. 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 Like I can be okay. I will be okay. God has promised me so much more. I mean, you haven't lost your dignity. You haven't lost your worth or love. I'm no less. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's where like we look at everything and we're trying to force it to be okay. Right. We're trying to force the hand. We're trying to say like, no, if I look at this from a different angle, I can see the positive and it's going to be it's fine. It's going to be okay. It's like, no, this sucks. It like, might not like, be okay. It might not be okay. But, but you will be okay. That doesn't have to translate into me not being okay. Exactly. And I think that's like the beauty of God's promises is that He's his promises are so freaking piercing. They are. They just, I can't, I haven't seen a situation where his mercy his promise of mercy, his promise of forgiveness, his promise of his own very presence is unable to pierce through. Right. And that's, I, I see, I see so many people hurting right now. I see our students hurting, like those who are quarantined, those who are in isolation, those who are being kept from their families or their friends, like it's not okay. And, and father and I aren't going to sit here and say, it's okay. It's not okay but you are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like you guys, God has not abandoned you. And that is the promise that we can cling to. Yeah. And he's going to use this. And maybe this is going to be one of those instances where he transforms this into something greater. And it, it can be something where like, yeah, this is, it's okay to name this as a very specific type of suffering. Yeah. And maybe you don't know when that suffering is going to be alleviated. Like, you're like, no, this is, I really struggle with loneliness. Really struggle. And you know what? This is only preying upon that weakness and elevating it. And now, like, I feel like I'm in this spiral. Like, that's okay. And you're like, I don't see an end. I don't see a finish line yet. Right. You know? And that's that's a real thing um, that is very defeating. Right. And Father, I do think though, maybe perhaps our next our next podcast can be on mental health. I would love that because I I want to be very clear and not confuse. Yes, our crosses. Mm-hmm. Like there are things that God invites us to carry, and there are things that God never desires that it's never good mm-hmm. for us to carry, and and I I want to just be very clear like depression and anxiety those are not crosses that like god is saying like it is good that you carry this cross he doesn't inflict them no and like he'll allow it but he like there are some crosses that we have to just assent to right you know like i think of the cross of singleness yeah you know it's like okay i don't really have much control over this like maybe i need to just like yeah 
let it happen. Mm-hmm. Depression, anxiety are never those things. Like there's, it's, there's never a reason for you to, for it to be good that you're struggling with this. Yeah. Um, meaning like, like God never like wills that to happen to you. He allows it, mm-hmm. but like father and I have worked a lot with, with people. And I mean, I've, I've struggled with that. I go to yeah. counseling myself we for it. Do, like. Yeah. And, um, so I just, I want to be clear, like hope and, and that virtue, like God is, is faithful and he's good mm-hmm. and he's promised us many things. And there's some like, but one of those things is like that you should be happy and healthy. And, and so like <laughs> God, God isn't going to, get, you think of like physical health, like God doesn't give us physical illnesses for us to just sit back and be like, well, I guess I'll die. <laughs> like yeah. he, he desires us to continue to seek healing. God wants yes. us to be healed and whole. Mm-hmm. And so we can always hope for that. Mm-hmm. That is a good thing to hope for is like God's presence in our wounds and that he is healer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. G- he sent Jesus literally to heal us. You think of the cross, the cross was a means of healing. So I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a whole, and I, I agree with you. I think our next episode, we should really dive into that because just that understanding of wounds and resurrection, right? you know, resurrected wounds and things like that um, right. is, is a really beautiful meditation and very necessary yeah. right now. Um, but there, there is, I think when we, when we look back and we're kind of getting back to this thought in our life as Christians who do, who are rooted in hope, right? right? Seeing that external circumstances change mm-hmm. very rapidly. And sometimes they um, push against us mm-hmm. and they, they set us up to have that experience of being very defeated, right? Our way to lean into that isn't to try to force it to become a positive, Right. right. Our way as Christians to lean into this is to recognize the reality of the situation. And part of that is saying this sucks. Yeah. I'm not good in this type of situation. Right. Maybe I can't change the circumstances around it to make it better, but I know that this isn't good for me. Right. But I can then set my sights to say, okay, who is God and how has he or what has he promised me? Right. How has he communicated his promises to me? And then I realize, okay, what has he promised? Well, you know, uh, building upon faith and knowing that I'm made in his image and likeness and that he's, he has loved me mm-hmm. in his, his promise of in testament of love is through the, cr- through the cross, through suffering and the, uh, you know, persevering presence of the Eucharist that he will not. So like I can get back to these things and say yeah. like, no, th- these are his promises into us. And then that can give me kind of the substance to persevere. And I think that's the other, like that's one of the fruits of hope is it engenders perseverance mm. to endure the suffering in, yeah. in a real sense. Um, perseverance, courage. Victory. Oh, now we're back to it, right? Yeah. These are fruits of the Holy spirit. And so I, I guess I, would just want to end, um, kind of wrap this up with, with a challenge to, if, if you feel like you've been struggling with hope, if you feel defeated, um, pick up scripture, Mm -hmm. pick up, um, these like really good works of literature and father and I can't, 
we don't have the time to spend elaborating upon all of God's promises, but they are outlined for us very clearly in the scriptures, um, in the gospel. Pick it up, read, like understand where we need to root our hope, understand who God is Mm -hmm. um, and the ways that he that he cares for us and and promises good things to us um more he promises himself to that's us that's what i was just going to say it's it's he promises himself time and time again right when you start to look at uh you know those promises throughout the gospels and in scripture you realize it's he's just giving himself yeah yeah exactly and it's so beautiful and i i think the other encouragement that i would say is um ask for an increase of hope yes like it is such a beautiful uh (laughs) habit shall i say to get into uh but it's such a beautiful thing on a daily basis and heck multiple times a day oh yeah to make those acts of faith hope and charity and to ask the lord to increase Lord, this is your grace because that's how we get it i struggle through prayer through asking yeah so like seek and you will find knock and the door will be ask and it will be given to you yeah so don't be afraid to say like lord i i I really struggle with hope and i i need more of that please increase Mm -hmm. hope in me please increase faith or charity in whatever way it's like asking for that and if you're bold enough ask friends to pray for you hey, I really need an increase of, of hope today. Yeah. Like, can you pray for that? Mm-hmm. You know, ask the Lord to give me more hope. And I feel like this is also very pertinent because we're, we're coming off of the heels of St. Faustina's feast day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on Monday. What a great one. Yeah. So, cool. saint of trust. Yeah, so know that Father and I are praying for you guys. We're all... We're in it with you, Um, and it might not be okay, but we're going to be okay. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Grounded Catholic. We hope that this episode uh, was able to uh, help you live as a hopeful Christian in turning towards the Lord and being able to persevere through all that life uh, sends our way, especially with all that's been unexpected in the last number of months. As always, you can uh, find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and now we are on Amazon Podcast. And uh, all of our episodes can be found on our website, catholicwhos.org slash podcast. That's catholicwhos, H-O-O-S dot org slash podcast. Please like and subscribe to us and share this episode with those that you think would enjoy it. Uh, As we go on uh, and continue, uh, please pray for us, uh, all of us here at Catholic Who's, that we may increase our hope and that the Lord may increase our hope in him as we continue on throughout this semester. God bless. Thank you.